Hello, and welcome to this week's installment of So I've Been Vaccinated, Now What? Here we have someone who's just been vaccinated. Now, Alan, when they injected the 5G directly into your veins, is that when you decided to become a frog person? Interesting. Okay. All right, and is this also when you sprouted your third limb, or is this the fourth limb? So it is It is three limbs and a tail. That's what I'm currently working with. And this new mutation of being able to actively speak. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, I'm still croaking. I don't know what the difference is. Okay, well, you're speaking fluent English, sir. Oh, fantastic. Oh, well, well, now that we have actual communication, so are you in tune with the rhythms of the universe now, or how does this work? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, basically, I've shed my human DNA, and I have ascended into a frog primate alpha state. Interesting. Yeah, my body feels like I'm comprised maybe like two thirds of light. Like when I open my mouth, sparkles come out. Ah, okay. That would also explain the telekinesis. Right, yeah. All right, wonderful. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Uh, at <laughs> eight, you can catch So You've Been Publicly Shamed. And right <laughs> after that, you'll have your weekly installment of Six Degrees of Celebration. Hello and welcome to Six Degrees of Celebration. I'm Alan. I'm Matt. And I'm vaccinated. Yeah, he got both shots. Yeah, and it was rough. I figured it's probably worth talking about because people might be curious. Obviously, I feel fine. The first shot was like a flu shot. It hurt my arm like the next day and then I was fine. This second shot is very common for people to have a stronger reaction to this one. My arm hurt and then halfway through today, that pain spread to the rest of my body. Not in an unbearable kind of fashion, but just in a very, very annoying way. And then I took a nap for an hour and I feel fine. Cool, because I read something that was like certain locations are just partnering with with like CVS. Yeah, we had Walgreens come in. Oh, <laughs> shout out to Walgreens. Super nice people. And they did great work. Awesome. Well, we're, we're really happy that you're fully protected for right now. And Thanks. Yeah, if I'm a little low energy, I apologize for that, everybody. <laughs> like I said, I was in a lot of pain and I took a nap. So this is my like post pain nap. Oh, no, it's fine. Like, do you remember when Jake got his shots? Jake, your dog. Yeah. Yeah. Jake, the dog. When he got his like rabies vaccine, his like lepto and all that. He's just the day of, he's like, fine. Then the next day, he's just like, just down. Yeah. So it makes sense. But then he's, then he's fine. I would definitely recommend people get vaccinated. I feel perfectly fine. I don't feel like my DNA has been tampered with. <laughs> For now. <laughs> we'll keep you updated. Similar to my crystal, we'll also comment <laughs> on Alan's bloodstream. How are you doing this week? Good. Uh, it's been a weird week just in terms of like my rhythm. Mm-hmm. My work does a weird scheduling thing where like every now and again, we have to do some late shifts. Normally, you know, the latest shift you would work is till 630. A couple times a month or a quarter rather, you, you have to do like 1130 to eight. So basically the past two weeks I had, I did all of my quarterly late shifts, which I'm like, all right, this is not ideal, but I can do it. And we had to do one weekend shift a quarter and I did my weekend shift on Sunday. So I did my Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So it's just that one. I'm like, why am I so tired? And it's all, oh, wait, you're calling a six day week. And you're working from home, right? You work remotely? Yep. I work remote. We got an email saying that tentative return is August, maybe. Oh, okay. Everything's really fluid. You know, if we need to stay longer, you've shown you can work from home effectively and do your job. So thinking about you, you work remotely Mm -hmm. and you get paid remotely. 
Yes. You don't have to go anywhere for your work. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're in one of those utopia, dystopia things where you don't have any contact with the outside world? Yeah, I I actually really enjoy it so far for like wow. the almost 11 months I've been doing it. But I mean, I feel like I'm missing connection with like colleagues and stuff. But then again, I also do have like video meetings but it's not the same. It's like me looking at my manager being like, hi, and she's in her like guest bedroom. And I'm like, oh, hi, Susan. When I'm thinking of that dystopia utopia thing, I am picturing like an indie film where like this bald guy gets up, he puts on like the same jumper. He goes to sit down on a desk. These four buttons light up in different patterns and he's just hitting the four buttons in different patterns. Oh my God. Like a ding happens and the console shuts down. His food just gets transferred to his house. Like you could live that life. You're earning money. Money, receiving mm -hmm. that money mm -hmm. and you could be receiving your food all without leaving your home and it feels very much like that where all of a sudden you know this dystopia utopia you wake up and like all of a sudden the console doesn't light up the door to your apartment is unlocked and you like step out and you find this world is like falling apart while you were inside so i'm the stanley parable I, I live and work in the Stanley Parable, where you're just like, what, one day, Stanley's war workers didn't come in. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> what a good game. Oh, I love that game so much. Matt, you had a dream, and we shared this dream as like a prospective future for the both of us, and it really came into our discussions when we were mm -hmm. in Derry like three years ago. Yeah. Do you remember what that dream was? Was it us like both just staying to live together? Is that what you're referring to? No, no, no. <laughs> but that was very cool. We were like, what if we lived together? And then we just did. like perpetually. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was uh, your comic shop. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm hmm. I remember that. This thing is, it's funny and it brings me so much joy. This idea, and I'll, I'll let you ex explain, you know, exactly what the idea is. Yeah. But the reason it makes me really happy is because we have a lot of fun when we're together. And the idea of coming into work and getting paid to just have fun like we normally do, is such a cool idea. Why don't you tell us about this dream? Okay. Yeah. So basically when I lived in Derry with Alan, I reintroduced myself to collecting comics like single issue. I'd go there every week, pick up my pull list, all of that. And I did that for about mm, three years before I had, I stopped when I moved to Boston because, you know, finance and as an expensive hobby or can get expensive. And for a while, I entertained the idea of opening my own shop and called Gotham Comics and Games. Now, what this idea was, it would be a comic shop, a game shop. And the idea was I would also have a bar and I would do local breweries. I would have local people come in and serve their stuff. And I also wanted to do like a mug club. You know, there'd be a certain amount of 30 mugs or whatever. And that was like your mug that you had every day. You got like a discount on draft, but you just had to pay like the one time membership fee. Or if you wanted to do monthly, you could do monthly. But this was the idea that we would do like, you know, comics games. Alan was going to be in charge of games and like running events. I was so excited about that. You you originally, you were like, do you want to be our resident dungeon master? And I was like, that would be so cool. Yeah. Like I set up the campaign nights. I set up our adventure league. Yeah. So that was the idea was that since I have no knowledge <laughs> or a very, very little knowledge of like tabletop and role playing and all of that, I would just leave it to Alan and that he would kind of be the Adventure League person. For those of you that don't know, Adventure League is essentially entry level public Dungeons and Dragons. So Dungeons and Dragons has like this setup where you can utilize the systems and everything. And you basically pick a night and you open it to the public and somebody who's just interested in Dungeons and Dragons can show up and you'll help them build their character. And then they'll come back a few times to go through like a short adventure. It's super, super cool. If you're ever looking to get into Dungeons and Dragons, check out your local game shops. They probably 
probably have Adventure League game nights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also just go to your local game shops, comic shops. They're all amazing people. I've never been to one where these people don't know what they're talking about. You know, I remember when we moved to Nashua and when I worked in Manchester for a time, I went to the shop up there, Double Midnight Comics. And I believe the owner of that shop is actually with the Boy Scouts. Yeah. He was, uh, if I remember correctly, I think he's a cub master or something like that. It was a cool, like full circle thing. Right. Cause he was like, he says hi. I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, oh, you. Okay. Um, but yeah, Double Midnight Comics and I believe the second location in Concord too, but they're a fantastic shop. Um, Mm -hmm. Jill, especially Jill is incredible. If you ever make your way over there, (laughs) let let Jill know Matson. Let Jill know she is (laughs) the ever loving best. This idea, it just brings me so much joy because it's the idea that you could make something that other people could enjoy that's based off of our love for each other, you know? Yeah. Like we're really great friends. We love each other. We Mm -hmm. love hanging out with each other. And I think that also transfers into this podcast. I love the idea. I look forward to doing these and I spend so much time making the edits really good because I totally enjoy what we're doing. I feel like it's good for our friendship and I feel like Mm -hmm. it's funny to listen to. Absolutely. group projects, for lack of a better word, is really cool and important. I know one of my favorite kind of YouTubing commodities or, you know, empires <laughs> is um is John and Hank Green. They you know always talk about how they were not close when they were growing up. Um, they actually didn't really get to know each other until they were like adults because John went to a boarding school. Oh, okay. So they didn't really know each other until they were adults. They talk about, oh no, we like, we did like a group project. We did a YouTube channel, but it doesn't need to be a YouTube channel. You could like build a shelf. It doesn't matter. Working on something together is a way to experience the gamut of what a relationship or friendship needs mm-hmm. the joy of working together the ability to work and, and you know if need be conflict when you have a disagreement on what things should be this conflict is healthy you know it is having that kind of group focus so either a podcast a theoretical game shop <laughs> is something really really fun that idea of a project reminds me of the fact that i'm actually hoping to do that with my future father-in-law it's super funny i'm so nervous around them and <laughs> I think it's just my personality. Like I might have like imposter syndrome or something where I'm just like, uh, they think I'm better than I really am. So I have to always (laughs) be perfect around them. And literally we've been together for over three years or over four years at this point. I'm about to marry their daughter. (laughs) There was one time we were at a family gathering and um, her dad made a joke and I got really nervous and I had had a few drinks at that point. And I just like blurted out. I was like, at what point can I stop being afraid of you? (laughs) and he was like right now and it didn't change but it was a cool moment but it is also weird yeah it's weird and and i was thinking he's such like he's a carpenter he's like a super handyman Mm. i was like maybe if we can find a project that both of us can work on like that'll be a bonding thing no i think that's really cool just to find something to bond over and and i love hearing about other people's stories concerning that kind of stuff relationships with in-laws and and all of these things because honestly like there's such a stereotype around it where you're like oh your mother-in-law is coming in like better put out all those presents she got you or whatever right like break out that weird elephant from the attic right but (laughs) honestly like i was always so excited to have another mom and dad i'm very excited i'm also just very nervous because i am starting to care about how they feel the same way i care about how my mom and dad feel about me i think it's a good sign because it it is like two families basically merging i'm sure it's when your two parents meet it's going to be like oh hey we're both doing this (laughs) or they have that kind of like commonality to kind of bring them together i think 
we can't neglect simple pleasures. Oh yeah, I think simple pleasures is really what this is all about. Right. I know I tend to go big highbrow or like, oh, the idea of this. And I will get into that, rest assured. Okay. I want to talk about a candle. Oh, all right. Is this a specific candle? It's the one that's currently in my room. Oh, all right. My family's at the point where my brother and I are both adults and they're just like, listen, what do you want for like Hanukkah or Christmas or like whatever? Like, <laughs> like we're there. They're not necessarily in the business of like surprising from time. Like every now and again, they do, but like, they're not like, listen, <laughs> like we're tired. What do you want? And so basically I made a, a list of stuff. I was like, all right, I'll give you, you know, a bunch of options of if you want high ticket items or low or stocking stuff or stuff or what. And one of the things I put in, which is like a candle, like a nice candle. I'm like, I don't know. I, I know I think they're nice. <laughs> it's, it's that meme of Marge holding a potato saying, I don't know. I just think they're neat. <laughs> I'll crunk with you, sweetie. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Spent 15 minutes watching those memes once. It was so um, funny. It was great. <laughs> 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 it's so funny. Anytime you think back to it. <laughs> oh, we'll post some in the Facebook page. Oh my it's God. so funny. <laughs> it's so good. I let them know that like, I, a good candle is good. They did not get me that candle or a candle. I, you know, I am very thankful for, you know, everything I got. And I have also realized that not everyone can get people's stuff this year, especially this year. So I'm thankful for everything, you know, I was gifted. But I was like, you know what? I'm buying a candle. And so when I went for like my errands this week, I ended up at Target and they have this little shelf of candles. So I'm like, I'm buying a candle. And I bought a little candle in a terracotta, almost kind of vase holder thingy. Um, it's like, oh, you can you can use this again later for like other things. You can use a plant or you can put another candle in there. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Whenever I light the candle, I'm like, this is really nice. I don't know why the smell is not super strong. It's just like very nice ambience. I think candles are, usually written off as like a i didn't know what to get you so here's you know yeah there's a whole snl skit about that where they just keep giving each other the same candle right. <laughs> but candles are really cool there's um there's a company i bought a couple candles this year for as gifts but they're like very specific but they smell like places oh or like inspired by places okay okay so like i got a friend of mine one for that smelled like mexico it was like chili powder vanilla tortilla flour all these kind of things and i like and this is a person who's been to mexico right and i like gave it to him and he's like oh no there it is like that's it oh that's awesome because i was thinking like how did they make that you know you go out into like the big square what the hell is the thing called in the big in mexico city no the big apple oh Times square Times square the I big just, square like... you go out into the big apple square and you just like grab some of the street gravel or whatever. Well, it's funny because I, I got my mom the New York City one because that's where she's from. Smells like cigarette butts. Right. <laughs> that was my thing because they have a description of like all the stuff. And it was like sandalwood, lavender. Mm, sandalwood. Always up to no good. But like concrete. Concrete. <laughs> right. They got, con they got Or like cement. <laughs> Like, there is a distinct lack of pizza rat and hot dog water here. It's the point. Like, <laughs> I think what I'm trying to say is we all have like big highfalutin wants, mm -hmm. but sometimes just like a very, very simple self-care purchase or just something you just want is like, this is what I need right now. Treat yourself. Please do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But not within reason. Yeah. Every, every one of these things has a lesson and this lesson to take away <laughs> is treat yourself, get a candle, put gravel in it, think of home. Start a business, sell them <laughs> to chumps like Matt. <laughs> Buy, sell, sell, club, another club, bus, train, another club, 
another club. I realize not everyone's going to get that joke. I don't get it. <laughs> the ones that do, you're welcome. And then the rest of us are over here. <laughs> well, I'll send it to you like after we're done because this is the Facebook page will just be full of like of, of memes. So, yeah, so that we all understand what what the context it's is. Like what? Speaking of memes or memeable content, I want to talk about this beautiful mess that the world is obsessed with, and I'm in love with. That is Kingdom Hearts. Uh, <laughs> you know what would happen no the only reason i do that is just because like i have so many friends that love kingdom hearts so dearly and i'm very happy for mm-hmm. them i'm one of them yeah i'm very happy <laughs> for them but i don't get it you haven't played them though right i mean i haven't directly but i like i was conscious when one came out like i know what it is kind of i think okay well <laughs> Do you like shonen anime? Like Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, One Piece? I remember watching Dragon Ball Z as a as a child. Um, I have not watched them since. So th- there, there are two realms of like nerd culture I haven't cracked yet. Uh, I haven't cracked anime and I haven't cracked high fantasy. This is what always bones me out is when I'm trying to introduce Jenny to anime because it's such a part of like my life not in that kind of way that i have a body pillow or anything like a, <laughs> but i just like i like it i like it but the problem is there are certain tropes within anime that if you don't censor your brain to them i guess or like i'm desensitized to certain things about anime or specific animes so like we'll be watching an anime and she'll be like do they have to have the camera at like that low angle where they're just like pointing it up at one of their butts and i was like you gotta look past that you gotta, <laughs> you gotta look into this story and i think that's where i get hung up though it's just like there are certain tropes i'm like wait why why is the angle like that why are we just screaming (laughs) why is goku building the spirit bomb for three episodes right exactly i think the reason you don't like kingdom hearts and other people have struggled getting through kingdom hearts is you haven't learned the golden rule of kingdom hearts okay all right my ultimate tip is if you want to enjoy them then just don't worry about it oh my god things are gonna seem convoluted The story is going to get segmented. Villains are going to turn into big boats. None of that matters because Donald and Goofy are fighting Sephiroth and we're all here for it. Okay, like this is this is why we're here. My first experience with Kingdom Hearts was my neighbor across the street, Joey. We would go over to his house, watch his brother Gabe play because we were too young and we would eat Cheez-Its and we would drink Diet Coke because my mom wouldn't let me have soda. His house smelled like cigarettes and those are fond memories for me. His house smelled like cigarettes. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to drink soda. I'm here for it. And so I didn't actually play Kingdom Hearts until maybe 2012. Mm -hmm. I finally was like, I want to know what's so special about this series. So I went, I got a PS2, I borrowed Kingdom Hearts, I borrowed Kingdom Hearts 2. I sat down and I played through both of them. And at the end, I had no idea what was happening. I didn't understand it at all, but it was really, really fun. So the best part about Kingdom Hearts isn't the 17 installments of the games. There are 17 installments, by the way. (sighs) There's Kingdom Hearts 1, Kingdom Hearts 2, and then 15 others that don't have any kind of chronological order in that same fashion. Well, that's where I get hung up because isn't there like two and a half, two point seven, two point eight, the remix, two point four, birth by sleep, right, like three hundred sixty-five over two days. It's a lot. It is. But what you're saying is to just like okay, yeah, exactly. If you want to enjoy it, you just have to enjoy it. It's the same reason that we enjoy anything that's like outrageous and over the top. We don't question it. We just look at it and go, "That's funny," because it's so stupid. 
That's true. And so I play Kingdom Hearts and I'm like, sorry, he's right there. He's what are you doing? Like attack him. He's like right there. But Sora's like, oh, I don't know what to do. What? <laughs> and part of that is enjoyable. So there are some creators out there that I think this is the best part of liking Kingdom Hearts. The games are fun, in my opinion, unless you play the mobile game, in which case I don't think that's fun. But a lot of the <laughs> games are fun. But my favorite part is that now that I've played through them and I understand ish the story, now watching other people go into the detail of the story and ask those forbidden questions that I've told you not to ask, right? So the best way to play Kingdom Hearts is don't ask questions. And then the second funnest part about the series is going to watch other people ask questions and get really frustrated about it. On YouTube, there's Barry Kramer. He was an editor with Game Grumps for a while. I don't know if he still edits for them, but he's doing his own stuff right now. He's super, super talented. But he does this whole like Kingdom Hearts Explained video, which is like an hour and a half long or whatever. <laughs> It's awesome. It's so funny. And his animations are so like derpy. That makes it really, really funny to watch. As well as Brian David Gilbert. He used to work for Polygon.com. He recently left to go do his own thing. Super happy for him. Good luck, Brian. But he had a series called Unraveled where he just like did intense video essays on stupid stuff. Love it. And so one of them was using the hero's journey and basic storytelling elements to, to predict the storyline of Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh my God. So Kingdom Hearts 3 came out like two years ago and we'd all been waiting literally since 2005 for it. Right. So it had been like 15 years in the making. Finally comes out. And so there's a lot of hype about it. So Brian David Gilbert has like this, he has this hero's journey circle and like he's going through the hero's journey and explaining how it correlates with the story. And he's like, all right, well, we have to add a little part in here where the hero fails and releases his heart creating two versions of himself and then one of them goes back over here and he's like putting different strings in there and <laughs> it's so funny just to watch like him freak out at how stupid the storytelling elements of this game are and i think that's the thing is like my way into games is usually story that's like just one of the ways to hook me yeah and so when it's like don't think about the story i'm like but but the story like why am i punching these black things with a big metal key if i can't care about the story right and that's just the way i enter games yeah that's why like the games that i love tend to be more story-based or you know not as heavy gameplay based you know even towards the beginning we said the stanley parable which i think is probably my favorite game um even though it is you know walking yeah there's literally like no other gameplay yeah or i think of games like i'm I just started playing Kentucky Route Zero, which is wild. <laughs> it's weird as hell, but it's really, really good. But, you know, a lot of it is just, you know, walking or like kind of side scrolling. Right. Like they, they had a name for the genre for what? Walking simulators. Yeah, walking simulators. We, they say it with like a certain level of judgment, too. Yeah, that's it's true. Like, oh, you play walking sims? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. And that's essentially what it is. You're walking through the story, like uh, whatever happened to... What Remains of Edith Finch. Beautiful game. Yeah. Love Everybody's game. gone to the Rapture. Mm -hmm. Firewatch. I love Firewatch. Oh, they're good games. But like right. literally, like you said, your, your draw and the whole motivation for you playing is the story. Right. Whereas in Kingdom Hearts, your draw and the motivation are Donald Duck shooting lightning <laughs> at an emo anime boy. And <laughs> I've also heard people just don't 
not not don't like Donald, but uh, he's like Donald heel, and he's just like not. <laughs> Eagle Raptor Aaron Hansen, my hero, my idol. He recently did a live stream for charity where he sat down and played all of Kingdom Hearts two. Oh my! God. Like in its entirety, like one sitting. In one sitting. Well, he he ended up crashing. I think it was like fourteen hours in, oh my and God. he's like, "I'm gonna pick this back up." Yeah. <laughs> That what's so funny is he just like goes in on the hype. He's like, oh, my boys, Donald and Goofy. <laughs> and like when you go to the different Disney worlds and you like meet Mulan and she can join your party or you meet the Beast. He's like, no, f- that OG squad, Donald and Goofy, let's go. <laughs> There's just something so funny about going in on the meme that is the entire timeline of this game. Yeah, I mean, I know it means a lot to a lot of people, but I also do appreciate just the absolute meme. Yep, this is what it is. This is what we're doubling down on, you know, the emo boy. If you So if you're going through YouTube and you don't have any experience with Kingdom Hearts and you just want to experience it and have fun, you definitely can. Check out Brian David Gilbert, check out Barry Kramer, and also check out so this is basically but he does all these videos so this is basically blank and one of them is so this is basically kingdom hearts and it's so freaking funny because he's like you could literally replace the word darkness with the word bees in one of these conversations and it would make just as much sense <laughs> give in sora the bees are nothing to fear <laughs> oh my god he's hilarious. ridiculous i i i love that for you <laughs> I love that for you. You love that for me? What does that mean? Yeah. I love that journey for you. It's not for me, but I love that you love it. Oh, okay. It's weirdly patronizing. I don't mean it to be patronizing. Love that shirt for you. For me, not so much, but I love it for you. But like, no, but that's the thing though. It's like, I I don't think Kingdom Hearts is mine. Like, I don't think I would enjoy it, but like, I'm happy that you do. Okay. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of things that don't make a lot of sense, unless you've been keeping up with it the whole time. I went over to a friend's place this past Friday. Ooh. And uh, it was just a very nice get together. Group of three of us. We uh, made dinner. Yeah, no, not the. <laughs> um, he lives across the street from a star market, and so we like walked across the street and like got groceries and like made dinner, and it was really nice and drinks and all that. And then because it's Friday, and because every single person in that room was gay. Um, <laughs> We we uh, did the the standard fare, which we and we watched uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. I was gonna guess it. It is its own meme, and it's gotten to the point where like it is way more of a reality show than a competition, which is kind of why we, everyone liked it. It was this like ridiculously over the top competition of who can do the best, whatever. They're called houses, right? Their dance crews are called houses. Yeah, so that's for more like ballroom. Oh, okay. So which is more like a dance competition. Side note, if you have HBO Max, Legendary on HBO Max is amazing. If you're like a dancer or like a fashion person or a freaking gymnast at that point, like it's amazing. I love that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. It's 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 really enjoyable. Like, whatever. Standard fare of RuPaul's Drag Race. A bunch of drag queens are trying to be the best. Top queen. Yep, they're trying to be America's next drag superstar. Is like <laughs> is like the title. Right. Similar yeah. to America's next top model. Love that show. It's so bad. <laughs> and they have to go through all the gamut of challenges between like design and acting and singing and dancing and all this kind of all this different stuff. And this past week, kind of what has become known as like the ball challenge. All of the contestants have to make three different looks if you know you say category is basketball wives or you know billionaire you know ceos then they need to like do their interpretation of that oh okay 
Okay. And the really cool thing about this season was that they did the bag ball. So all of the looks were based around bags. Like designer bags? Bags. Oh, like a plastic bag or like bags. <laughs> what? Just bags. I don't understand. <laughs> no, I'm going to get into it because, the, you know, capitalism, they partnered with Coach and they had to like design a, like a coach bag, like make a look based around the coach bag. One of them was make a look based around a, a material. So like a doggy bag, for example. The one I want to talk about, <laughs> this this one specifically, was like they need to make a dress out of just bags. And there's one contestant on this program. Uh, her name is Utica. She's a, from a very, very small town. She's a lovely, lovely person. She's very, very kind. And she made a look out of a sleeping bag. <laughs> That's actually kind of cool. Okay. And it's just like, what in, 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 in the world of the Zoom? What I'm going to do is I'm going to share my screen. Oh, shit. here we go. Because she like posted a, a photo shoot of her in this dress that she made out of a goddamn sleeping bag. <laughs> Whoa. Like, that's a sleeping bag. That's awesome. It's like made out of a sleeping bag. Yeah. That's incredible. Like you can see the quilting. You can see like the zipper. I honestly, I was picturing like something similar, but it was, I figured it would be more like one of those slim dresses where it's like very mm -hmm. tight, but like she cut open the bottom. So it turns into a mini skirt and then the rest of it flourishes behind like a trail. That's so cool. And the like hood thing near the Look top. Look at the arms. Yeah. The, yeah. But like, I've been thinking about this since Friday because like in my head of heads, like what I've done, you know, if I needed to like get up and go to the bathroom or something, I would like wrap my sleeping bag around me <laughs> and like go to the bathroom or something because I didn't want to get out or I was cold or whatever. <laughs> like, I think we've all tried to like walk in our sleeping bag at one point or another. Oh, yeah. That's in my head. I'm just like, well, what do you do? Like, it's the weirdest material. Mm -hmm. And like the most inflexible thing ever, but she's like, nope, I got it. It's incredible. It's really incredible. We'll post this on the, on the Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I want to share that just I'm like, I think it is really remarkable that just the fact that she like looked at that was like, okay, I can do that. And just like, did it. This has consumed my every waking gay thought is <laughs> Utica just like. I made a sleeping bag. You just see like a whole bunch of girl scouts like strutting into like a camp out. Like. Oh, I would live. Like, <laughs> like, and here we have Tasha. Their scout leader's like, work, work, work. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just screaming. Oh, I love it. We've all earned our textile merit badges. <laughs> we all worked our work the house down merit badges. <laughs> You've seen Emperor's New Groove, right? Love Emperor's New Groove. So good. I want to talk about one specific character, my favorite character, and I think everybody's favorite character, which is Kronk. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Patrick Warburton's voice, I can't pin it down tonally. We already discussed in previous episodes that I have trouble with tone. I I like mimicking voices because I think mm -hmm. it's fun. Yeah. It's just like fun to be like, gorsh. Right. And so I always want to do a Patrick Warburton impression and I can't. When I do an impression, I'm an embarrassment to myself and anybody else around me. I mean, he definitely has one of those voices that is kind of impossible. Oh, right. The poison, the poison for Cusco, the poison chosen specially to kill Cusco, Cusco's poison. That poison. Yes, that poison. Got you covered. It's just like, it's so specific and just like the only voice that can come out of that man. So what I've been thinking about is there are voices like Patrick Warburton's that are so iconic and weird and hard to replicate that if you can mimic that voice, it suddenly becomes a skill. Yes. 
I think so much about SNL with like Sean Connery, Christopher Walken, you know, like Patrick Warburton is one of those iconic voice symbols that like when someone does that voice, whatever they're saying just becomes funnier. Yes. I think the act of doing the impersonation, like, A, it's funny itself because you put him in a funny situation or whatever else. But, like, I think the act of, like, voice acting or, like, making a new character from, like, your voice is, like, just as impressive. Oh, yeah. So, like, Bill Hader from SNL is the absolute undisputed king of voice characters. He's Stefan, right? He's Stefan. He's, like, the game show host or, you know, but he has <laughs> such a perfect game show host voice. Or, like, he also did BB-8. I don't know what that is. The the robot from Star Wars. The ro- the ball from Star He's Wars. He's BB-8? He's BB-8. What? It's him <laughs> and, um, I think, Ben Schwartz. They just trade off? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think just collectively they make sounds, yeah. That'd be funny to, like, hear them both <laughs> listening to the track and being like, oh, yeah, that one was me. <laughs> I bet they could too. Right, um, it's crazy. I think at one point, I saw an interview with him. I think it was on Conan. They asked like, "What's your favorite impersonation?" And he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna do the Tauntaun dying from Star Wars." <laughs> oh, like the right, right. That sound. And he goes and just like nails it. Oh, it's so good. Falls down on the stage <laughs> and everyone's dying because it's such a specific thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Too. Like, <laughs> I think there's definitely something like being able to have a voice and just being able to like use that to your advantage and i don't think you need to find one but the people that have one is just like it's so empowering so i want to try to do my patrick warburton impression (laughs) for you it's so terrible i'm normally like pretty good with my voices and sometimes jenny will be like oh that's pretty dead on but like this time it's hard i like tried to do it and she was like that's not anything like it. And the more I tried, she's like, you're getting further away. <laughs> so let me embarrass myself for the sake of the world right now. I, I can feel it bottling up in my neck already. And oh. it's bad. I can just There's feel no it. This is a safe space. The poison. <laughs> oh, God. The poison. Oh. It's just so bad. The poison chose specifically to kill Cusco. Cusco's poison. It's just hard to like yeah. get his voice. It's so <laughs> smooth. Yeah. His voice is really, really smooth yeah. and deep and yeah, kind of effortless. And it, it just flows. Yeah. It's really hard because I think it's just like his normal voice too. I don't think he changes anything. Yeah. He just has like the luck of the draw. Well, same thing with like H. John Benjamin. Uh, he's the voice of Bob on Bob's Burgers. And Archer. Right. Exactly. Like, the exact same voice. The exact same voice. <laughs> and I think they were making a joke like, can you do a British? And he did one. They're like, stop. <laughs> like, nope. Just do your normal voice. <laughs> it's those people who just have like the luck of the draw and like don't really need to change their voice a lot. But also at the same time, people who are able to manipulate their voice so deeply. Now, did you know Mark Hamill is Fire Lord Ozai? I like learned that fairly recently. Yeah. And he was the Joker in the animated Batman cartoon. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah, he'll do <laughs> well, so he'll do cons and just say stuff as Joker. Or or come on and just like, how are you doing, Sandy? Or like doing the whole <laughs> the really, really high pitched. Right, yeah, yeah. Like screaming cackle. <laughs> um or I think of like John DiMaggio, uh, who did like Jake the dog or like Bender, like he changes his voice. It doesn't sound like him. Oh yeah. It doesn't sound the same. Yeah. And like, I, I watched him talk when I first started doing that, that like destroyed my throat. So it just comes to just like kind of fighting through pain and, you know, just uncomfortability place your throat physically in that space. He also does a really, really good joker that I really enjoy. 
That's why I like D&D so much is when you're DMing, you have the ample opportunity to try out as many voices as you want mm-hmm. for different characters. Yeah. It does get a little confusing when like characters come back to a character and you're like, was was he British? How did he sound again? <laughs> I, think he, I think he was like this. <laughs> and I think that's the thing about like being a DM is that you literally have having just this like wealth of knowledge and like oh, yeah. notes and like organization. You're just like, all right, who has what? Like, where are we? But back to Emperor's New Groove. There are fan theories about Emperor's New Groove. Did you know this? No. I mean, there are the obvious ones, like the fact that Yzma and Krunk are married or or dating. Like, Yzma's a cougar. I hadn't heard this, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, there's this weird awkwardness when Cusco comes over for dinner. He's like, he seems nice. And she's like, yeah, he is. <laughs> when he's, like, making dinner. Oh, God. It's super weird. <laughs> but the, I think the coolest theory was something I pointed pointed out the last time we watched it we watched it last month as our part of our monthly getting your groove back event mm-hmm. <laughs> as we do there's a part where Cusco's a llama right mm-hmm. he's leaving the village after pacha is like if i help you you know you have to build your resort somewhere else mm-hmm. he's like nah screw you i'm going into the woods it's dangerous and there's a fly that gets caught in a spider web and yells out like help me help me no other animals in the whole movie talk. Like in the very next scene, Cusco's talking to a squirrel that's like, yeah. And so the whole internet is like, what is up with that one fly that Cusco can understand? Like, why did that fly talk? So the fan theory is that fly was somebody who pissed off Yzma and she turned him into a fly. That's wow. Because it's the only thing that makes sense when later on, when they like knock over the potion cabinet and all of the guards turn into different animals. Yeah. One of them's like, um, I've been turned into a cow. Can I go home? <laughs> so like, they can talk when they're turned into animals. Yeah. And so that's the prevailing theory is that this fly was like some kind of person that pissed off Yzma. A peasant or someone. Yeah. It's, it's super cool. I have to watch that movie again. It's so good. I feel like it's one of those things that has like held up. Mm-hmm. I know the internet is absolutely obsessed with it, but like Shrek holds up. Yeah, Shrek holds up. Despite the memes. I think personally, the memes almost destroyed the movie. A little bit. I was ashamed to like it for a while because everyone was like, Shrek is love, Shrek is life, man. And like, Generally, that movie is like really well done and really well made. I agree. And I like the message. So for a while when I was a lot younger. Back in my day. Back in my day. <laughs> I used to think that like, you know, in my like ongoing, to be a rebel and like <laughs> do whatever I want kind of thing. You don't know me, dad. Right, basically. I, I call it my Fight Club days when I was like obsessed with like movies like Fight Club and all that content. It's like, yeah, like stick it to the man. <laughs> Is that what Fight Club's about? I mean, in a round of, or toxic masculinity. Yeah, toxic masculinity. Or so that. Basically for a while, <laughs> I was like, if I'm comfortable, that's a bad thing. I need to be uncomfortable <laughs> to like really succeed. It's, it's very entrepreneur, like rise and grind approach. And now I cringe at it. The the people who show you their movie and when you boo, they're like, oh, at least you felt something. Yeah. Like I'd rather be hated than apathetic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I held that belief for a while, and that is a part of me, and I accept that. I wanted to talk about relief and comfort a little bit because I think they're they're feelings that are not underrated, but like underappreciated. And I don't think it's because like oh those are bad, but just like unfortunately, not a lot of people get to experience it, especially now. Okay, yeah, the sense of relief, just okay, is a very nice feeling in in whatever way you can get it. If that's like a big thing or just like a little momentary, like I'm going to watch a Headspace video on YouTube and I'm going to close my eyes for 10 minutes 
that like level of like, huh. So yeah, are you talking about relaxation or are you talking about like the act of releasing stress when you've completed all of your assignments like ahead of time and you get that breath of like, oh, I don't have to do anything now. I think more so that, but I also think that like taking a, a minute to like exit your stress mm. and to just like not acknowledge it. Yeah, because your stress is born from those things. Mm -hmm. But I think you're totally right. I think by doing that practice, you can literally, I don't want to say combat the stress because that's it's like a very active word, mm -hmm. but you can literally dissipate the stress. Yeah. Stress isn't linked to those objects. It's inside you due to them. So once you separate yourself, you're right, you can release. So I wanted to talk about that just because throughout a week, you go through this whole up and down of emotions and, you know, feelings. Netflix put out a series for Headspace. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. It's just like little animated like meditations or lessons and meditation. I watched a couple of them. I'm like, this is the greatest thing on the planet. <laughs> like, even if I was stressed or, you know, I had a lot going on, I had a lot of my mind. It was just being able to just have that relief of just like, I'm not worrying about it right now. Like that is not now. Certain other stressors that have like relieved themselves just through you know one way or the other it's just like being able to just breathe a bit like i said not everyone is unfortunately able to experience that and i really hope everyone does get to just like breathe i i don't i'm not a contrarian no but i disagree okay <laughs> i feel like in that same way that happiness is within everybody's reach no matter what's going on in your lives mm -hmm. i feel like that release and that ability to let go and feel that release it's attainable whether i have a house with five bedrooms or i have a studio apartment and you know we're living paycheck to paycheck you are all right in this moment right now that phrase has gotten me through a lot over this past year like when i I've been having anxiety attacks going to bed and things like that. You are all right in this moment right now. And I think anybody can feel that. Even if you are in a place where you're extremely stressed, there are real life medical, financial things happening in your life. You are still alive and you can find that release. I think that's fair. And I think it ultimately comes down to just whatever you need to do to make it through the day to release that stress or to like be okay with it. Yeah. You have to want to, too. Yeah. You can't just like sit down and watch your Headspace episode and be like, I'd be okay. Right. Sometimes, right. Sometimes it doesn't work. So there was a podcast, I'm pretty sure it's ended now, unfortunately, called The Hilarious World of Depression, where basically the host interviewed comedians and writers and comics about their mental illness. It was really interesting. You talked to like Hannah Hart, uh, Maria Bamford, and like all these people about like their depression. And one of the people I talked to was Pete Holmes. If you remember College Humor, he did the the, the Batman. Oh, I love that. Right, he was he was Batman. He went through this whole story of like him being a very very religious person to like not and like what that meant for him and wow being married and going through that. And he was saying that one of the big things that helped him was mindfulness, just like literally just being aware. And I know mindfulness is a very trendy, very like <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's very trendy right now. Yeah, but he talked a lot about just being aware of what you're feeling and being okay with that. The section that always stays with me goes, you are not the movie, you are the screen. Your emotions are the movie and what you need to do is you acknowledge it mm -hmm. and be okay with that because the minute you try to push back against your anxiety, that creates more conflict. So literally just acknowledging it, the kind of the example he used goes, oh, wow, this is an anxiety attack. Oh, this is a bad one. Oh, hey, this kills people. Wow. And just being okay. Practicing, acknowledging it, letting it happen and then go.
that has like saved him so much stress. It just works for him. That's mentioned in some of the Headspace videos. And I've taken that with me into different aspects of my life. When you talk about, you know, if you're trying to be okay with something or move past it, resisting is the opposite thing you want to do. And one of the Headspace videos talks about the dark part of the brain or the mind where like yeah. all of a sudden you start thinking about things and you'll notice like really messed up thoughts, thoughts that you don't agree with. Mm -hmm. You're not defined by those thoughts. And if you're resisting and trying to push them away, they just kind of like get louder. But once you acknowledge them and say like, yeah, that's a thought about punching that guy in the face. I'm not going to punch that guy in the face. And it like dissipates and moves away. And the same thing works for if you're trying to go to bed and you find yourself suddenly thinking about scary things, because that's what I'll do when I go to bed. I'm like, yeah, don't want to have nightmares. So let's not think about scary things. And all of a sudden I close my eyes and I start picturing like the Babadook and all this right. stuff. <laughs> instead of like fighting them and trying to like push happy visions into my eyes, I like will look right at it. I'll acknowledge it and I'll just move on. And I think coming back to it, it's just that sense of there, there was conflict, there was something there and now there's not. That feeling of not is very, <sighs> that's nice. I experienced that the other day. You know how much I love ventriloquism. <laughs> yes. I love puppets. I love ventriloquism. When I was living by myself for a year, I got wicked into ventriloquism. That explains a lot. Yeah. Well, because I was in a cabin in the woods for a year. So I like spent a lot of time talking to myself. Right. And it felt easier to talk to myself if I gave my other voice personality. And then like I could actually have conversations with myself, which is kind of messed up. But <laughs> I recently went in on a puppet. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was like, my treat to myself, if anybody knows me, I try not to buy like really big frivolous things for myself. A lot of my money just goes towards savings and paying off right. debt and things. So I was like, all right, this is my one thing I'm going to do for me. It was $125, this like really nicely made puppet and somebody stole it. Oh. Yeah. And I was so mad on so many levels. I was mad because like, that's not yours. You took something that wasn't yours and as like a principle that's so frustrating. And I was mad because they probably don't even see the same value in it that I right. do. Yeah. You know, they open it up and they're like, oh, it's just a puppet. And I'm like, that puppet meant so much more to me than like you just mm -hmm. looking at this piece of fur. All of that frustration was bottling up and I was just seethingly mad for like a full two days. It came to one point where I was in the shower and I had to say to myself, getting mad isn't benefiting me. And it's not hurting them. Right. It's not like by holding on to this, I'm going to like have it in the forefront of my mind and I'll suddenly like see someone suspicious. And like, if I hadn't stayed angry, I, they would have gotten away with it. It's like, no, they already took it. They're already gone. They're not harmed at all by my anger towards them. So like, why am I angry? Yeah, I get that. I know when we lived in Derry, I had a package stolen. Why do you want my Spider-Man number 739. <laughs> like, what is that doing for you? Mm -hmm. I eventually did get it back. I feel like that particular example of just trying to, like, let it go mm -hmm. takes a lot of actual effort. It does. It's really, really hard. Yeah. So, I mean, props to... Well, like I said, it took, like, two days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, and again, it, it's one of those things where, like, you can imagine, like, if a car got stolen, your house got broken into the level of anger at that or you know fear or whatever and just being able to like keep going after that is just like like i said the amount of just sheer willpower to like be okay yeah to bring it into like the big picture i was really mad for a long time because my my grandfather passed away over this period the final nail in the coffin was he got covid hmm. and like it killed him 
Yeah. And so like looking at the TV and seeing people talk about how COVID isn't real mm. or like they don't believe in it. It was like so frustrating for me to think that these people are out here not acknowledging the death of my grandfather. In, in the world we live in where we seemingly live in kind of three or four different realities mm -hmm. and, and you, how you can curate kind of your entire world to validate your your experience for the most part even though that you know while there are certain experiences that are valid there are other ones where it's just like this just doesn't exist like this isn't right it can be extremely frustrating especially when people who are trying to better the situation and you have others who are just seemingly fighting against it and i, I mean you have to see it from both sides yeah, of course. The reason I brought up that was because I don't look at those people and get mad at them anymore for that reason. My grandfather has passed. Hmm. They didn't kill him, you know? Right, yeah. Being mad at them and hating them as humans isn't A, going to bring my grandfather back or B, what my grandfather would have wanted. And that is hard. And the reason I bring it up is because a lot of people are probably going through that, this kind of hatred towards each other for like the acts of a party or the acts of a giant group or an insurrection or whatever, right? There's so much anger there. And that anger doesn't benefit anyone. It feels good in the moment to have like give someone their comeuppance, mm -hmm. but that doesn't build a better world. No. The, the example I just thought of was like smash rooms where you can like pay money to go break stuff. And that moment it feels good to do that. But like, if you live in that space, that is not a good space to be in where if you're just going to break vases and smash TVs, taking a moment to just kind of come down a bit and we just acknowledge everyone is the path forward in, in so many different ways. I hate saying the words as a man, you know, mm -hmm. but with the fact that we live in a society currently that has so much social pressure on different archetypes and things like that, mm -hmm. there are some people that are stuck in this kind of mentality of as a man, sometimes anger is so much easier and so much more readily accessible than sadness. Mm -hmm. And it feels like if you're in this situation, choosing to forgive someone is like losing and men don't lose, you know? Or men, men don't get sad. Yeah, well, it's one of those things I, I realized about the puppet. I was mad they took it, but I was more mad that they made me feel sad. Yeah. It was like this thing where I had to acknowledge I'm really, really sad right now and I'm upset that I'm sad. But it, it was through that acknowledging that I could work through those emotions in a society that puts pressure on a man to bottle up that sadness and not show that sadness mm -hmm. all that's there is the anger and there's no way to like work through it for sure so i think ultimately what we're saying is you know feel what you have to feel mm -hmm. and don't be mad at yourself for feeling that yeah because that's just gonna make you feel worse you're not a loser you're no. not any less of a man whatever that means to you mm -hmm. And the same goes for women, for agender, anything. Non-binary, all of it. You're not less of a person. Right. You're doing great. You're doing amazing. Feel what you have to feel. And uh, don't be so hard on yourself. Eat an Oreo. <laughs> eat, eat a pink and green Lady Gaga Chromatica limited edition Oreo. <laughs> available at Target. Yeah, sorry it got so heavy there. Sometimes, you know, I want to dive into those topics because it's real. Yeah, no, it 100% is. We live in a world that is you know, increasingly complicated. <laughs> you kind of have to find the balance of talking about Kingdom Hearts and RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. But also like, <laughs> but what about all of our feelings <laughs> that we're feeling all the time? Yeah. 
But I think finding a healthy balance and being able to like use your big voice and your small voice is healthy. It all comes back to what you mentioned, mindfulness. It's trendy, but it it's because it's important. Yeah, I know a lot of people find a lot of solace and a lot of joy in that. To pick us up a little bit before we end, I have a, <laughs> I have a cool thing I want to show you. Okay. <laughs> let me let me go get him. Okay. <laughs> Hello, it is I, the Millennial Wizard. <laughs> what? Hello? Are you there? Yes, hi. Hello, I have come onto this program <laughs> to share with you my latest artifacts. <laughs> they are called early access artifacts. Something us wizards call approximates. Oh my god, what the? So they're not quite there yet, but they're very close. Okay, what do you have? <laughs> All right, well, so the way this program works is I will allow you to purchase this unfinished artifact right now, and through your feedback and use of it, I will be able to produce a final product of which you will receive one for free. Okay. <laughs> Take this unassuming clock, for instance. <laughs> This clock will put you in a trance for four hours, after which you will not feel rested at all. <laughs> in fact, you'll be overcome with shame and regret at how much time you've wasted. Behold the TikTok clock. Oh my God. I, the millennial wizard, invented this. <laughs> no, this is reminding me of the little, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen her, um, Eliza Schlesinger, she does her like elder millennial mm -hmm. thing with like, gather around the Snapchat children <laughs> and I'll tell you a tale of the landline it's like oh god but yeah I'll, I'll take the TikTok clock very well use this and through your feedback we will create a finalized version perfect I will go now with a pool of smoke <laughs> is he gone yeah he's gone hey there is a bunch of ash on my seat <laughs> That was weird. <laughs> yeah, he's super weird. He just shows up sometimes. Like in your apartment? Yeah, just in my apartment. Does Jenny know? Uh, if she does, she hasn't said anything. I mean, he's always trying to sell me stuff. I figured this would be a good vessel for him to kind of <laughs> do that. <laughs> Everyone's got to have a side hustle. And plus, he can definitely help lift up our spirits a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It's definitely good to have that balance. Well, thank you for potting with me. Yeah, yeah I'll pod with you anytime, buddy. Two best friends <laughs> hop in our pods, flying away, the speed of love. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. You can catch our podcast on Spotify, <laughs> Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Still no Apple. Still no Apple? Still no, I haven't got anything from Apple. So I don't, I don't even like shake them down in the dark alley or something. I'm going to come over there and give you a Mac attack. All right. Or put a podcast <laughs> on your service. iTunes. Is it even, yeah. That's not, even, it's not even iTunes. I think it's just Apple music. I don't know. Legit though. Legit. If anything ever if we do makes you laugh, makes you cry, just shoot the link to somebody in a text thing. Or, you know, when you're talking to your friends, be like, hey, I'm listening to these two idiots talk about <laughs> Kingdom Hearts and feeling good. Like, <laughs> you want to listen? Yeah. We really appreciate it. All right. I, do we do anything at the end of this? We usually say thank you to Lakey Inspired. Oh, yeah. Thanks to Lakey Inspired for our theme song, The Process. It's real good. It's super, super good. Alan, mm -hmm. thank you for joining me. 
Matt, thank you for being here. Play us out. Play play the music. Wait, no, that's not what I say. Yes, yeah, you usually play the music. No, it's play us out. Oh, play. Oh, I said play us out. So you. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So what are you doing after this? The same thing we do every day. Try to take over the world. <laughs> Pinky and the brain. How does the theme song go? Pinky and the brain. Pinky and the brain. One is a genius. The other's insane. Pinky and the brain. What? Pinky. Yeah. Which one's insane? Pinky. Pinky always seemed very rational to me. Pinky? He seemed dumb. I mean, he, yeah, but he's, he's not insane. The brain sounds insane. He's a mouse trying to take over the world. But he's also like a genius. Yeah, I don't think you can be insane without being a genius. Well, maybe. You can be I crazy think... without being a genius, but I think you can only be insane if you're a genius. What? Well, the song slaps. <laughs> it does slap. <laughs> so good.